Welcome everybody. Anyone in the chat? What's up, Samuel? Uh, Joel's in the chat as well. Thank you for joining the chat, Joel. Um, of course. We're gonna be talking some beach break. For those of you who may not know Joel Pearl, or if you're listening to the audio version of this after the fact, um, Joel is very instrumental in the Fightful Gaming Twitch channel that we were on last night doing an Impact Wrestling Watch Along. And he does his own podcast and all that good stuff. Tell, tell a little bit about yourself to, uh, to the listeners here, Joel. Yeah, so uh, first of all, thanks for having me. This is great. It's nice to uh, take over Jesse's channel and not be i don't know <laughs> it's very it's very strange this is like the weirdest breaking and entering i've ever done uh a bit about me yeah i'm i'm a musician i'm a big wrestling fan pandemic kind of forced me to pivot because i'm not on tour i can't go out on tour so i started a podcast called tim and joel call it in the ring where myself and my co-host tim we talk about the week in wrestling we talk about the news we talk about tv we go a little bit in depth just about our fandom and uh, it's fun it's every thursday night 8 p.m eastern on youtube.com slash tim and joel pod or wherever you find your podcast and yeah since then i've been able to do stuff with fightful like you were talking about steven and it's a blast working with fightful on the twitch stuff uh, i hope everyone gives a shot to uh to fightful's twitch and and all the other stuff that they do because you know you're you know fightful a little bit don't you, you yeah do some stuff yeah a little bit those guys are all right um speaking yeah. of that i just a little uh dark match pulling back the curtain a little bit i called joel and uh jeremy lambert on a skype call a group call an accident right before this um so shout out to jeremy if you happen to be listening to this but yeah fightful great spot i do the weekender podcast over there for anyone you may not know and that's over at fightfulselect.com talking mainly independent pro wrestling and a little bit of i mean a little bit of everything pretty much everything that isn't raw smackdown or nxt slash aew but I still talk 205 Live and NXT UK, so like there's a little bit of that kind of stuff kind of sprinkled in. But uh, today we are here to talk AEW Beach Break. As always, if you have a Super Chat or donation, the Super Chats work right through uh, through YouTube. The donation links are down below. There is a donation link that will get you a shout-out on the screen. And then there's one that goes directly to me as a backup. And you still get your answer, uh, your questions answered, your, your comments and statement read. All that kind of stuff and that goes for everything if you have a question or a comment you want a super chat that has to do with AEW or nxt or wwe or impact wrestling or fighting or football whatever it is anything at all i'm happy to talk about it and if joel's a fan of whatever you have to say he'll give you his insight as well so we'll uh, give you uh the most for your money that we possibly can here and uh and yeah is there anything you want to bring up before we get into the beach break predictions no, I mean, I'm excited for Beach Break. I'm excited as much for NXT now that we have uh, Edge coming out for that. So I'm looking forward to talking about both shows and uh, seeing what uh, what our friends in the chat have to say about it. This is a really, really cool opportunity to uh, to hear some new voices. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, as, I mean, we could start off on some some of the NXT stuff because, I mean, the big thing, I, I, I have to pull the card up, but I'm assuming, like, the biggest news as of right now, like, is Edge's appearance on the show and, like, why he's there um do you have any we joked about some possible scenarios last night but would do you have any uh any idea like do you, what do you think edge is there for i mean this is the best way to get over the fact that you won the men's royal rumble you had last year when uh when there was Rhea and charlotte and that became all for the nxt women's championship so why not try it again bring edge onto nxt and have him fake challenge finn balor i 
I don't think we're going to see Edge and Balor. I would love to personally, but it's not where we're going to go. It'll come out. It'll be a cute segment. I'd love for Cameron Grimes to make his return and, and, you know, have Edge spear Cameron Grimes and make him look dumb. But I also have a feeling that we'll see Edge spear Austin Theory instead. Man, that would be uh, that'd be pretty wild. Like, Edge versus Bauer would be a great match, but I, I'm with you. I don't think that that's... It's pretty clear that Edge isn't going to be going to NXT and challenging for the NXT Championship. Um, but I think you're right. That all makes that all makes total sense. Uh, do they have anything built in there between, like, Gargano and Edge at all or anything like that? Or you just you, you just really want to see him spear Austin Theory? Uh, well, if you're on if you're on social media, you'll see that uh, you've got the way. So you've got Candice and Johnny. They they're obviously married, and other couples include Edge and Beth Phoenix. So you can kind of intermingle the two married couples into a little story. But uh, at the end of the day, Gargano isn't going to try anything because. A, North American Championship. B, you've got Kushida in the mix and Dexter Loomis. So you don't want to get things too muddied up in the NXT North American Championship realm. But if you toss Austin Theory at them, you can kind of, you know, have have the way involved with Edge, but not have him directly in a feud or anything. It'll just be a funny comedy segment that adds, that, that puts over Edge and also makes Theory look pretty good because he gets to work with Edge. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more with all that. Um that's right. I forgot they did do that on Twitter where they uh, like Gargano put the pictures side by side of the of the two couples. I'm a little out of the loop on NXT at the moment, so like I know they're doing the Dusty Classic right now. Let me pull this up. Um, so is this tonight? We got Undisputed Era, the team of uh, of uh, Adam Cole and Roger Strong taking on Champa and Thatcher. That's tonight. It looks like that's tonight. That's in the quarterfinals. That's a damn good match. Uh, let's do some predictions for this. We might as well. Like, do you think the uh, Undisputed Era uh, marches on, or do you think Champa and Thatcher? Because that they, their team comes from them fighting each other in the fight pit and all, like just a mutual respect kind of thing, right? So that's that's kind of the story in this one. Yeah. So that story came together after fight pit, and then obviously when Carrying uh, Cross took out the team of Ashanti the Adonis and Desmond Troy, that opened up the spot for Champa and Thatcher to go on, and then. Who did they beat in the first round? I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're now in this match versus Cole and Roddy. And personally, I still think the Undisputed Era are going to go on. I don't see Undisputed Era in the finals, though. We can get to that in a second. But tonight's match should be really good and very brutal. And I think I think their first round match was on 205 Live, because I remember covering that covering that on the weekend, and I can't remember who their opponents were either. I, I don't know. It's, it's escaping my mind as well. Um... I love seeing the different kind of mixtures here with Undisputed Era, though, because, like, I'm a huge Kyle O'Reilly fan. I've been, like, waving that flag for years now. Like, he needs a singles push. Like, this guy's so talented. I can't wait until he can show the world what he can do. And it seems like they've moved more with him as, like, the singles star lately. But seeing Adam Cole still a part of the group and teaming with Roddy, I think, is really cool. Because I think in most scenarios, you'd see you know, Adam Cole would just turn on the group or the group would turn on him or something. Like, this is a cool dynamic that, like, they... He's still a part of it as... He's kind of taking a step back and letting Kyle shine a little bit, and he's doing some tag team stuff with Roddy. I think it's really smart. Yeah, and if it goes towards Adam Cole maybe being jealous of Kyle down the line, I think that's an interesting story to tell. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the idea of breaking up the Undisputed Era, 
But right now, with Bobby Fish injured and out of action, this was the best pairing that you could possibly get to not have Cole completely overshadow what is at the top of the NXT card. By the way, uh, Ciampa and Thatcher beat Tony Nese and Arya Davari in the first round. There I had to go, go back into my into my cards for that. There you go. All right, that that's right. And hello to Eric Clark in the chat. What's up, Dylan's wrestling stuff. Dylan's in here all the time. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining y'all. Uh, hey guys. Eric asks if Adam Cole's going to the main roster. I mean, it's really scary to think about. I remember Road Dog like a handful of months ago. He had that interview where he said, "Well, if Adam Cole looked like Karrion Cross, then like he'd already be the the undisputed champion, right? Or the the a universal champion at this point because like like size wise you know if he had the size of carrying cross he'd already be a main event guy on raw or smackdown and then i'm sitting here going like well i hope they keep him in he, i hope they keep him in nxt for as long as possible then because if that's already what's planted in their minds as to like where his limits are on the main roster like i'd rather see him just in nxt killing it for as long as possible Sorry, I think I lost you there for a second, Joel. Sorry, dude. Okay. Yeah, I, I got okay, you back perfect, now. Perfect, perfect. A little bit of audio. Was, yeah, we but... had some technical difficulties today, so sorry about that, y'all. That's all right. Uh, what was I going to say? We uh, With Adam Cole, if you think back to the point where uh, Finn Balor was brought up to the main roster, who is about the same size as Adam Cole, won the Universal Championship. Yes, we know what happens next. However... They brought back Adam Cole during that whole Saudi plane situation and they had the SmackDown episode where he took on Daniel Bryan yep. and had a great showing. I don't think I, I see what Road Dog's saying, but I also think he was a, being a little tongue in cheek with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if if and when we see Adam Cole on Raw, SmackDown, whatever it is, it's going to come down to how the crowd reacts, because I don't think they're going to touch anything with adam cole in front he's not coming out until there's a live, a live crowd again that's what i really believe when it comes to any movement to raw or SmackDown. and if they do it uh it's going to come down to what the crowd reaction is like and it's probably going to be great because we've already seen what happens when you bring out adam cole to a very hot crowd who knows who he is yeah and that's a good point with the the actual audience because it'd be so much lamer for them to do it with like a piped in baby like making yeah that just would not feel right but you are right when he came up and uh during that whole uh that whole situation and he wrestled daniel bryan he beat daniel bryan in that match i remember and i mean so that was definitely the only the only thing i guess the only negative i guess i could if it even it's not a negative but i guess the only thing that still concerns me a little bit about that is like daniel bryan seems like the kind of guy who wants to do that for everybody like if even if it wasn't adam cole i think like if there was just any anyone else on on NXT that was like doing well, Daniel Daniel Bryan would be like, please let me put this guy over. Like we need to like I can make these guys look good. He's one of the like least or one of the most selfless wrestlers out there. Even when he was on the Indies before, I remember him talking about always trying to elevate these guys. Adam Cole's the same way though. I remember he, there was a documentary on him years ago where Adam's ba it's during this little mini doc there's a part where he wrestles a guy that's like this guy's first or second match ever and he's wrestling adam cole in the indies and he's talking about how a lot of his peers have like kind of gotten into his ear and been like hey this is this guy's first match like don't let him get anything in on you like like you can't put this guy over at all blah 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 and adam cole was like screw that like i'm gonna go out there and make this guy look incredible i'm still gonna win but like at the end of the day i'm selling it to where like if 
if I come back to this city again and people remember this guy coming close to beating me, like we can, we can do some business like the next time I'm around if this guy can get elevated. And, um, and ultimately him winning or losing isn't even his decision at the end of the day. But, you know, some guys kind of push, push for it and some, some don't, but I, I guess that's a long way of saying, I think Dana O'Brien would have done that for anybody, but like Adam Cole, it totally made sense. Cause I really think Adam Cole is the most all around, the most valuable person as far as like potential star power that they have in any company, right. In any brand right now, like Adam Cole is just. If it just sucks to say if he was like, you know, four inches taller, he'd be, he'd already be there. You know, it's just, I hate that the size has to do with anything. Yeah. And, and again, you know, he's, he is six feet tall, right. so that's good enough. I, as I wink with the wrong eye, but the point is, uh, <laughs> when you see a guy like Adam Cole and you see the type of work that he does, he doesn't look like a tiny man's wrestler. And obviously he will, if he's put up against Roman Reigns. But for a guy like Adam Cole to come in and then have a big showing to start his career, that would go a long way. Or at least his career on, on, on like main roster, WWE, Raw, and SmackDown. Um, what I was going to say about Daniel Bryan, one of the things that I always, always remember was uh, there was an interview where he talked about having taken like a, a, an aptitude aspirations test in WWE. And apparently he scored like a zero because he just – he did not have these long-term goals or aspirations and he didn't care. And he's like, I just want to be a great wrestler. And that, and, and Vince being like, what, what you don't want to be like the president or the ruler of the world. And, and Daniel's just like, no, I just, I just want to be good at my job. <laughs> and that always like, I, I carry so that with awesome. me because it's just, it's perfect. It's I, I just want to be good at my job. And when you're good at your job, good things can happen to you in your job. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I, I love that attitude. He's such like a minimalist. It's funny that he wound up with uh with Brie Bella, who might be as well. I don't know her on a personal level like at all. I just see like what she's done on WWE TV and her and Nikki and all this stuff. And they're probably a great, you know, a great couple and all, and all that. But like, it's just funny to think like Daniel, because I could imagine Brie Bella like going out to like the mall and like buying all this nice stuff and Daniel Bryan just sitting around and being like, like, I just, like, I just carved our next dinner table out of the trees in the back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like that's what he did. But, like, you know, um, but, you know, that's just, that's just me just being silly. But it's just, it's just funny to think, because I just think, you know, they're so, the Bella Twins are just, like, so beautiful. And, like, you know, they're, they're like these, these, like, models, you know. And he's, like, this just little dude who just wants to be good at his job and, like, lives off the land. And I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, it, 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 and that's that's again with with the Bellas and, and, and opposites attract. Let's face yes, it, like that that is that is the best part of of a relationship is just seeing the differences in your partner. And I also think I think Brie has a little bit of uh, a flower child in in her as well. I think Nikki is very much the uh, well. You see how Nikki, you know, uh, how she shows off on social media and things like that. And Brie doesn't seem like that type of person. But I don't know these people. Just like you said, you don't know them beyond what we've seen in their public life sure I, for as long all as they're I know, happy for all i know Bree's like the least materialistic person in the world also for like for all i actually know it's just it's just uh it's funny because like i you you can still find like old daniel bryan interviews from like before he was ever signed to the wwe and 
it seems like he really hasn't changed like in this whole in all these years like he still seems like that same guy and i i think that's really really cool like it's that's pretty rare that like the fame and the the money and all that stuff just never gets to your head like that i I, I think that's awesome yeah if you think back to uh when the NXT invasion happened, when uh, all of the the winners of that that one year of NXT come around, and then Daniel's the one who gets fired because he chokes out Justin Roberts with his tie, and it's a big faux pas. I don't think anyone else of that entire NXT group would have been brought back if it had happened to them. If it had happened to Michael Tarver, it would have been gone. If it had happened to David Otunga, would have been gone. Doesn't matter. But the fact is, because Daniel Bryan is a great wrestler, and because he's a very humble human being, it was kind of like he got caught in what was a very unfortunate situation, I guess you can say. He was told to do one thing and then told you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And here he is today, obviously brought back and, and uh, put on the forefront of WWE programming. Yeah, I think you're totally right about that. I think Dana Bryan's the only one who could have... I mean, he's also, to be fair, when he did that, you know, they were, like, told in the back to, like, go out there and make it look, like, as brutal as possible. So, like, he was some, so smart about like, oh, choked the guy by his tie, you know, didn't think anything of it, just thought it looked brutal. Like he did pretty much what they asked. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, the, yeah. Um, and it's the, the age old, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, ask for forgiveness later, like do it in the now and then ask for forgiveness later. And that's what he did. And unfortunately sponsors were like, no, 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 you, that, we're not doing that. So he, <laughs> he just made the wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, Sam in the, uh, in the chat says, if Edge were to be NXT champion at some point, would it elevate Balor's legacy in NXT and would it elevate NXT's status as a whole? That's, I, so to me, I'll let Joel answer this as well, but like to me, the NXT is in a really weird spot because like it isn't a developmental brand anymore. Like they're not, it isn't really so much being used to like create wrestlers as it is to sign established wrestlers off of the indies and then put them in their own. It's very similar to what AEW does. The only difference is like AEW for them, like that's their main show. And like, that's their like one big show a week is dynamite. But NXT, like you obviously have the performance center and you know, they, they will try to like create talent. And some of those people will make it to NXT, but it's, it's weird because NXT, it is a third brand and it's my favorite WWE brand, but so it's hard to say, like, if it would elevate the company. Because I'll put it this way. I don't think Edge is ever going to be the NXT champion. I don't think that that's going to happen. But I also didn't really expect Bauer to go back down to, down to NXT either. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that, Joel? I mean, obviously Edge would elevate the brand to some degree because of his name value. But it's already kind of like, it's already the third brand and not really developmental at this point, in my opinion, too. So... I agree with you that Edge winning the NXT title probably wouldn't do much for the brand. Uh, the NXT as a whole, like you said, it's developmental. And whether they tell you it is or isn't, it's still viewed that way. It shows in the numbers. It shows in the names. It shows in just the the way in which they show off the talent that they have. To bring Edge down to that, and I do say down, doesn't make any sense. Edge, who has been with the company in some way, shape, or form since, what, 1997? Yeah. He's, he was around since before some of these new wrestlers were even born. 
So for him to come down and be the elder statesman who takes the NXT championship, I think it actually cheapens the brand more than anything, because this is an NXT championship that's supposed to mean something for a newer crop of talent who are trying to be hungry and get up to the next round, which is winning the Universal Championship, the WWE Championship, even the Intercontinental Championship or the US title, whatever it is, they're trying to go above and beyond NXT. And so for Edge to come back and win it, I don't see it as as a great thing for them. I see it as a great shock if they wanted to pop a rating, but also Triple H has shown in the past that shock value for ratings isn't what he's trying to do. He's not hot potatoing titles as quickly as he could be. Yeah, I'm very well said. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I guess I guess I view it as like that third brand because it's on USA Network and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, yeah, they're just in a weird spot for me. Like, I loved NXT before they started going head-to-head with AEW. And, like, I don't, like, hate their decision. Like, they were on Wednesdays first, to be fair. And then AEW came around, and then they just, like, counter-programmed it. Like, they, it's like they counter-programmed their own counter-programming somehow in that whole scenario. But, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and, and it just, it sucks for fans like me because if NXT was on any other day of the week, I'd, I would be locked in on it, watching it thoroughly every single week like i like i was before AEW came around for me i'm just a i'm just a huge mark for AEW, and i i mean i'm pretty open about that i, I love that company uh so i watch both shows on two screens but AEW is normally taking priority and i miss a lot of good stuff on nxt because of that i wish they wouldn't have, i wish there was i mean i shouldn't say i wish there was a way around it there is a way around it by them being on different nights and i think that would help everybody out but um yeah, well, as far as, like, the the women's Dusty Classic, we have Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Kat, I always have a hard time with that one. Uh, taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I like Raquel Gonzalez a lot. Like, I think she shows a lot of potential. I, I like everyone involved in this, but her especially. Um, what do you think about this one, man? Like, who do you think advances between these two teams? This is going to scare a lot of people, but Team Ninja, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, Casey Catanzaro, wow, even I'm having trouble with that one today. They uh, they are my pick for this one. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are a good team, but at the end of the day, Raquel is very much looking for an NXT Women's Championship match. Dakota Kai is very much a singles competitor. The two as a team have always been Raquel is Dakota's heater. There's no cohesiveness other than one protects the other. So for Team Ninja, who have been a champion, not a championship team, but they've they've been the only legitimate team going into the Dusty Cup. If you look at all, what is it, uh, eight teams that have been involved? One, two, three, oh, four teams. Is it four teams? Eight teams. Either way, out of all the teams that are involved, the only ones that have been teaming since pre-Dusty Cup, it was Team Ninja. So I'm looking for them to go actually to the finals. What else we got on here? So this is is all quarterfinal, yeah, all quarterfinal matches. For this yep, show. Looks so that three. Way. Okay, cool. So the other one we got here is Lucha House Party versus Phantasma. Oh, sorry, Legado del Phantasma, uh, the the uh, Escobar group they got there with Yaquin ja- Wild. It's so I have such a hard time nowadays with these with these wrestlers that I've watched so long before WWE. Like I see them, and I'm like DJZ. They're like, no, it's the, no, it's Jaquin Wild. No, it's Waquin Wild. Like I'm just like <laughs> I'm so bad with all this stuff. Um, and Raul Mendoza who I'll never forget. There was one episode of NXT where, oh, who was it? 
someone on commentary definitely called him Luis Mendoza, and I laughed so hard because that's a Mighty Ducks. <laughs> that's, that's the guy from the Mighty Ducks. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I like everyone in this too. Like my brother doesn't watch. I, I, my brother watches a lot of wrestling only because he's around me a lot, but he's not like a wrestling fan who like watches it himself. And he was over at my my place on Monday. And I was watching Raw, which I don't do that often anymore. But day after uh, Royal Rumble, I was like, all right, let's let's see what they're doing tonight. And my brother was like, yo, is that Metallic from the from the Cruiserweight tournament? And I was like, yeah, I can't believe you remember that. Like from the Cruiserweight Classic, you remembered this dude. And he was like, yeah, man, he was like the best one. And like that whole, like my brother loved, like he was around watching when I was watching that Cruiserweight Classic years ago. So he was pumped to see that Grand Metallic was like still a part of the show. Um, I think this will be a really, really good match. I mean, who do you think wins this one? Um, Legato del Fantasma or Lucha House Party? I have Legato del Fantasma taking this match. On the other hand, Lucha House Party just challenged and did not win the Raw Tag Team titles this past week. So for them to go in and lose twice in a week, they don't do that anymore. They they every time they've been on Raw, they have either lost one and then won on NXT or lost on NXT and won on Raw. So I'm a little concerned that Lucha House Party is about to move forward in the tournament. It's not a bad thing. Uh, you could have Kurt Stallion come in and cost Mendoza and Wild the match because they were instrumental in taking him out and stopping the match between Santos Escobar and Kurt Stallion that we've been waiting on since what, November now. See, I thought uh, that I thought that was yeah. tonight. I thought that cruiserweight title match was tonight. So did I. I had seen it in a few previews, but I guess it either got moved off or I have a feeling they're going to wait it out and maybe do it at uh, a TakeOver St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which they haven't officially named it that yet. I mean, I'm cool with that. Whatever gets the most eyes on that match, because as somebody who watches 205 Live and reviews it, like I, I really, I say it like every week on the weekend or I sound like a broken record, but like 205 Live is a show where like if you miss it you don't really miss anything that's like really important in the grand scheme of things like as far as like storylines and stuff you very rarely miss anything that important on 205 live but they consistently have solid matches like every show like if you want to just watch like some solid wrestling they put on good matches on 205 live and i think that uh you know i have a soft spot for kurt stallion because of his indie run and, and seeing him in nashville and chattanooga and stuff as often as i used to but i think all bias aside, I think they've built Kurt Stallion pretty well. Like, he's taken a couple of suspect losses lately, but I think they built him pretty well for the most part. Um, and I want to see, even if he loses to Escobar, like, Escobar's been a damn good champion. Like, for those who've been paying attention, you know, he's been having good matches, and he's had a pretty good long title reign already at this point. And uh, Legado del Fantasma is a, a good stable, and one of the, like, few actual real you know, stables that 205 Live has, like, really had. Um, so, I mean, I think it'd be great if they had that on NXT TakeOver. Um, because, yeah, I, I would have tuned in for that tonight, though. I would have I would have uh, switched over from Beach Break for that Kurt Stallion and uh, LA uh, Legato del Fantasma match, personally. I have a feeling that uh, they're going to give this match, Lucha House Party and Legato del Fantasma, a good amount of time tonight on NXT. Because these four guys can show out. They're great talent, all four of them. 
Uh, and it's just, it's a well-deserved match because these guys match up very well in the ring, in style and execution. So uh, that's maybe why we're not going to see Escobar and Stallion right now. But I have a feeling that they'll still somehow be involved in whether it's the finish or the post-match. Uh, maybe they'll do a six-man next week between these two teams or down the line before uh, before TakeOver. But I guess TakeOver is in like a week, two, less than two weeks. Yeah, it feels like all this so, stuff just creeps up out of nowhere. Yes, it does. Because <laughs> there's wow. uh, Impact has in not what it, not this weekend, but next weekend is uh, No Surrender. Is that what it is? Yep. yep. So, I mean, a lot of good wrestling, though. Definitely no complaints. And sure. I, I know we talked about it on Twitch a little bit yesterday, but uh, for those of you who watch independentwrestling.tv that has signed a deal with Pluto. So, I mean, there's, there's more and more... Uh, wrestling is becoming just more and more accessible, which I think is just fantastic. So the more, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And speaking of that, we had AEW beach break. So five matches, but all five matches for the most part have like some pretty big, not necessarily implications, but like they're, I feel like these are all big matches that we're getting on free TV. So I like that a lot. Um, starts off with a start at the bottom of the card. Hangman Page and Matt Hardy taking on Luther and Serpentico. And this basically, you know, it's it's interesting because Hangman Page is, like, on the outs from, like, everyone. Like, the Dark Order wanted him, but he's, like, wants to do his own thing. And Matt Hardy's kind of still entwined, like, with the, like, with the elite, but, like, doing his thing with Private Party and playing, like, multiple characters all at the same time, kind of. Um, and then Chaos Project, who, you know, definitely have their fans. I know Jeremy Lambert's a, a big Luther guy. He talks about that a lot. Um, but Luther and Serpentico have been positioned more so as guy, guys that put other people over, at least on Dynamite. On Dark, they, you see them get some wins on Dark. But on Dynamite, like, they're the ones out there getting splashed by Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as predictions, Joel, like, do you think that Chaos Project gets the job done because they are actually a cohesive team? Or do you think Hangman and Hardy uh, get the job done against them? So I have a soft spot for Luther and Serpentico. I do. I would love to see them win. I would love to see them have the match of their life and go over. And then maybe this could this really should have been a qualifier for the uh, the tournament later on in the night. But we'll, we'll get into that. The, the, the Battle Royal, not tournament. But uh, we can get into that later. Uh, for Hardy and Hangman Page, though, it's such a weird team. But like you said, Hardy's in, he's got fingers in every single bowl in AEW right now. And that's something that I think a lot of people either don't realize or just have that, oh my gosh, that's true. They're just having that epiphany right now. Uh, and I've written down, like, does House Hardy need a cowboy? And mm. the answer is probably. They, yeah. they, it just becomes it just becomes a guy who kicks a lot of ass and and, and parties with private party. Like, there, there's no real use for Adam Page in House Hardy. But if Adam Page joins House Hardy as it is, it won't look bad. It will just be Adam Page with Matt Hardy and company. So that's my only concern is, does Adam Page get lost in the shuffle if he joins up with Matt Hardy, who's already amassing more friends than enemies right now? Interesting. It's an interesting way of looking at that. Um... I mean, I'm going to go with Hangman and Hardy in this one just because, like, I the thing with Hangman is so interesting to, like, the, his whole story because I feel like the 
the long the long play eventually is Hangman Page being the one to beat Kenny Omega for that title. But I think it's going to be like a year from now. Like it's going to be a while. Um and before he gets that story, he has to like hit his rock bottom, which I think is kind of like where he's at right now. Like the like he's rejecting the dark order like like in you know, he's having a good time with those guys but like feels like an asshole and doesn't want to like bring them down how he feels like he kind of brought the elite down and he doesn't want to associate with the elite who are like his real friends and just all this and i feel like so it's one of those things where i could see hangman and hardy losing this because then it even like puts hangman down like even farther where he's like i can't even beat serpentico like this guy was out here getting splashed by snoop a couple weeks ago and he just he just pinned me you know what i mean like i like the as long as eventually this story becomes like that big redemption story where he hits that rock bottom and then like over time gets to that, that big spot. But yeah, I, I'm going to go with Hangman and, and Hardy just cause like they're the bigger stars. And like, I, I think Hangman, I think Hangman gets the win, the win here, but I, I could be wrong. I mean, I could see the chaos project getting the win, especially if Hardy and, uh, and Hangman like have any kind of like, fighting or anything like within the match itself like they could kind of not be on the same page so yeah and i see eric in the chat saying it's big money matt he's trying to use hangman adam page and i don't disagree with that i actually i very much agree that it's like that but because of like you said hangman is in this like weird status where he keeps losing or he keeps being like brought down with tag teams he doesn't trust anybody if that's going to be enough for him to move towards matt hardy who's trying to invest in him then i think there's a really cool story to be told with hangman joining hardy and then getting burned by hardy and then having to figure out who his real friends are because as you saw in bte you hurt those boys you broke their hearts very true very true very true um this next match there's a lot of history here too we have lance archer taking on eddie kingston I believe it was last week on Dynamite where Kingston beat Archer, but it was because he used like a like brass knucks or something like that. Um, and I like that a lot because the only the only issue I have with Eddie Kingston at all, and it isn't his fault, is I just think he loses a little too often. Like he's he's great at selling himself. Uh, him on the microphone, he's like second to none on the mic, um, and he's a lot of fun to watch in the ring, and. He just presents something totally different. So I love seeing him beat Archer. Do you think that in this match, Archer gets that win back with it being a Lumberjack match? Or do you think Kingston gets another big win over Lance Archer tonight? So I want to tell you, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The way that that match ended last week was perfect. We talked about it on our podcast and said I was just saying that Eddie can't lose this match because he keeps losing other matches. But how do you make Lance Archer look big while having Eddie Kingston win the match? And they found the perfect way to do it. You 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 know, use what's you use literally what's in your hand to your advantage. And what's in your hand is being handed off to you by the people in your family. It's perfect. So I really enjoyed how they got out of that and then how they moved into the lumberjack matches. I think that all the lumberjacks are just going to cower in fear every time Lance Archer comes around. <laughs> I think they're just going to like, he's going to duck out of the ring and everyone is just going to be like, ah, I don't want any to do with this. And so uh, as to who wins, it's really a toss up. I mean, Tony Khan loves Eddie. He obviously loves Lance Archer, but he had recently said like, he really loves Eddie Kingston to the point where like he wanted to bring him in when Cody was pitching names. 
uh, I would love to see Eddie Kingston pull out a second victory and start start rebuilding himself as a as a prime player in AEW. I prefer that as well. Um, I, that's what I'd like to see. I'm gonna, as far as a prediction, I think I think I'm gonna go with Archer just because, like, it's 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 like a great problem to have for AEW because you have two guys where, like, Archer has been built so well in my opinion. Like his his only like his only losses are just Cody for the TNT title, and I think that loss to Kingston. I think that's like it as far as singles losses for him since AEW started. So they've done a really really damn good job of keeping him looking strong. But to both of our points, Eddie Kingston is a guy who also should be right there with him, like as a kind of a perennial threat to the world title or, or any other title and, and all that stuff. And man, I'll never forget. Uh, I, I, well, I forgot the name of the show. I think it was like ICW or I could be wrong, but I was watching that show live on IWTV. Uh, Eddie Kingston had actually wrestled um, Nashville guy, guy I consider a friend, Brett Eisen. And, Eddie's Eddie called out Cody along with Nick Aldis like right after that match in a literal backyard, yeah. you know, back, they were in a backyard wrestling ring. And when I was watching that, I was like, this is incredible. This is an awesome promo, but there is no way he shows up on AEW and actually wrestles Cody. I thought there was no way in a million years that would actually happen. And he knocked it out of the fucking park. I mean, that was just man so i so i'm with i think we're both on the same page we want to see eddie getting pushed still the only the only thing for him is like he came in and he was immediately like tnt title and lost world title and lost now it's like keeping him there but you can't be giving him title shot after title shot after title. he got the two title shots against moxley to be fair um so yeah um so yeah i'm gonna go with archer just because I think last week was a brilliant way of getting Kingston that win. And then I think Archer kind of gets it back. And nobody's really hurt at all in the process. But personally speaking, I, I would prefer if Eddie Kingston won, uh, personally. Do you think that there's any chance, because we've been seeing a lot of it on uh, Being the Elite, that Jake the Snake takes over the Dark Order and Lance Archer's kind of like the new Brody Lee for the group? I, I really like the idea. I don't think they want to replace... Brody at least this quickly sure uh it, it sounds like by all accounts they just they like the way it's going they don't want to change it um but on the other hand there will come a point when Dark Order has to find their roots beyond their lost leader and and who that is and, and also whether or not they see themselves as as the good Dark Order or the original Dark Order the the not so good Dark Order um that that's really when the story is going to pick up but for what they're doing with the Huber family and having, you know, negative one on, on everything and anything that he wants to be on, he's welcome to do. And uh, again, Tony putting him over very strong on podcasts whenever they talk about it. Uh, the kid's having the time of his life. Let that continue to be the case until it's time to move forward with whatever Dark Order needs to become. Yeah, and, and it's going to be a, even more special a few years from now when is I, I, is it the other son, Nolan, is that his name? There, he Yeah. It, like when he really... Uh, starts understanding like what has happened and like how this you know all, all played out um it's going to be great for him too like once he realized to be able to see his brother and see everything that this company did for this family um when all this was going on and then i would imagine he also will be involved in some degree with i, I doubt they would just just extend like negative one this kind of offer but not his other son so i'm sure he'll he'll be involved when he 
you know, knows what's even very young. He's like, what, like two years old or something. I mean, there's just no way he could possibly know like what is happening right now, you know? Yeah. And, and last week in, in the crowd, they showed, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, they showed Amanda in the crowd with Nolan and Nolan's wearing a referee Jersey. And I'm like, how amazing would it be if you know, negative one comes back and becomes a wrestler dark order, blah, blah, blah. And then again, like 10 years down the line. And then the brother becomes a referee and it's like they can do a whole whack of things with it. But really just seeing the kid in a referee shirt, it's it's cute. It's yeah. very cute. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Um, something else I like. I like this uh, this tag team battle royal we got going on tonight. So I'm going to list off all the names real quick. There's a lot of them here. We have Top Flight versus The Acclaimed versus Private Party versus Jurassic Express versus Sammy Hager versus The Inner Circle, which is proud and powerful, uh, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, we have the Dark Order, the combination of Silver and Reynolds. We have the Young Bucks. We have Jericho and MJF, and we have Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order as well. So the caveat here is the winner of whoever wins this battle royal. And I think AEW, by the way, has done some really awesome tag team battle royals. I was there live for one in Atlanta, uh, like right before the pandemic, like really got serious, and it was. I had a blast watching that, so I hope they can do more of the same here. Uh, the winner is going to take on the Young Bucks for the tag team titles at Revolution. But if the Young Bucks win this match, then they get to choose their own opponents. And they have strongly hinted that their opponents would be the Good Brothers. So, oh, Jesse's in the chat, says, Sorry, baby, won't get off the tit, but she's napping now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> She was sending me some of the, some texts like that the other day. She's <laughs> like, she's like, yeah, this this baby has not re been removed from my tit since birth, but <laughs> happy and healthy. So that's all that really matters. But that's um, thanks for joining, Jesse. Uh, obviously, if anyone in here uh, or anyone hears this later on, uh, Jesse, of course, on maternity on maternity leave right now with her second daughter, Savannah. And I've been seeing pictures of like Savannah and Scarlett, her other daughter, like and them all together and stuff man it's just it's very heartwarming very wholesome content from from jesse davin so um congratulations by the way jesse i haven't i've said it on the internet but i now i'm saying it into the microphone i'm very very happy yeah we talked about you a little bit on uh, the fightful gaming channel last night as well on twitch jesse so we're all showing you some love um jesse, going over jesse give us some predictions too who you got in the let us know who you got in the tag team battle royal. Um, I'm gonna take. Ooh, this is a tough one. Cause like the Young Bucks versus Good Brothers would be great. Like, and it does make sense. Like, so I could see the Young Bucks maybe winning and they actually do that. Cause AEW isn't like above like just not swerving sometimes. Like Sometimes they, they show you, like, what the most obvious story is going to be, and you totally know what's going to happen, and then they just do it because it's a good story, instead of, like, swerve after swerve after swerve after swerve, and by the end of it, you like, none of it makes any sense. Um, so, man, do you have a prediction in mind? I don't want to sit here, like, dead air so long. I have to, like, really think about this. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I, I, why are there three inner circle teams allowed to participate in this thing when they just sat back and said one team is going to go after the tag titles? Like, yeah, that's my one criticism of this whole thing. What, like, what does that really determine? It just kind of cheapens 
the the idea that Inner Circle has one dedicated tag team. And from all that, I would actually love to see Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager win this whole thing because FTR comes out and takes out the Young Bucks or gets them eliminated during the match. Uh, that way we can get FTR Young Bucks again down the line, but not immediately, uh, and then continue the whole FTR suspended storyline. And then also further on the inner circle feud that's kind of brewing between Guevara and MJF. That's a good that's a good line of thinking. I mean, that all totally makes sense. Um, if I kind of process of elimination, kind of thinking out loud, like top flight... I don't think are going to be in that spot right now. Like, I think they're an incredible young team, very big fans of what they're doing, but just not there yet. I don't think they're still kind of building them. The acclaimed recently had a chance. Um, private party is very, uh, very focused on the impact tag team titles at the moment. I don't think they'll be going after both at the same time. Jurassic Express I like a lot, but I feel like they're going to be pushing Jungle Boy more as a singles guy in the near future, so I don't really think I see them doing... And same with Luchasaurus, like, um, I can see both of them having some pretty big singles careers, and hopefully Marco Stunt doesn't get too lost in the mix, because I do like him a lot as well. Um, yeah. But so for that, for those reasons, I don't think Jurassic Express makes sense. Sammy Hager is a very interesting pick on your end. I, th I mean, I think that... I like that pick, especially because of what you were saying about it being another reason that the inner circle could implode, like that they fight amongst each other because, like, the, you know, Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara could win the match, and then next week there's like a backstage segment where Jericho is back there, like the plan was not like the plan was for me and MJF to win, like you guys weren't supposed to win, you know, like they there's there's a good story that can be told there, um, so I like that pick. I don't think Santana and Ortiz, because I think if they do the inner circle, it'll be more along the lines of what you're saying. Silver and Reynolds, I wouldn't be surprised by because of how much they have been pushing them, especially with being the elite lately. Um, but I don't think that, I, I don't see them challenging for the tag titles at the show, but like, I wouldn't be surprised by it. I think the Young Bucks could win. I think Jericho and MJF could win. Uh, I just don't know what the plans for them are in the immediate future. Um, so, and it's funny that it came all the way down to this, and the last team is who I'm actually going to pick. Like, I'm going to go with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Um, the reason being, and I think all of these are good pr predictions, by the way. Like, I think you you could pick pretty much any of these tag teams, and, like, I'm fine with it because they have a really damn solid tag team division. But I'm going to say Uno and Grayson because I think the Dark Order's momentum continues a little bit. And Uno and Grayson and the Young Bucks have had some awesome matches with each other, you know, out on the independents and like PWG and stuff like that. And the last time we saw those two teams really mixing it up, I feel like, was back when the the Dark Order was like a completely different thing. It was like pre Brody Lee. Uh, all the fans wanted it off TV, and like no one was into the Dark Order when all that happened before. Now they're in a totally different place, and they could have just like a killer match. So. I'm going to say that Uno and Grayson get the win uh, and take on the Young Bucks at Revolution for the titles, but I like your pick a lot as well, Joel. I, I could I could see one of those inner circle teams, uh, maybe Hager and Guevara, getting the job done. Let, let us know what y'all think in the chat. Um, who do you think wins the all of these matches? Give us your full predictions. And like always, if you have a super chat or donation, we'll make sure to deep dive on whatever you want us to talk about, no matter what the amount is. Um, By the way, if you want to get into power rankings from this week, they came out for AEW. And you've got uh, 
you got FTR in first. You got Jurassic Express in second with a rank of two and zero. Inner Circles, Jericho and MJF are two and zero. The Acclaimed are three and zero, and Santana and Ortiz are three and one to take fifth place. So if the rankings mean anything, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus might actually have a shot in this whole thing. You know, and now that you bring it up, they have they have kind of. But, you know, it's one of those things where I, I can remember some points over the last few weeks where they've they've brought that up about Jurassic Express being high up there in the rankings. But they also do a great job of kind of piping up all the teams, like, at different points. Because, like, if, like, the, if the Acclaim, for instance, hadn't had a shot so recently, I would probably think them because of, like, the kind of the shine that they've been getting lately and stuff like that. It's just, um, that's interesting, though, because... With the Battle Royal, I guess the rankings kind of fly out the window. But I do like that they have stuck to the rankings for the most part. Because I think that, I think that's a good way of, uh, of determining contenders. Um, mm-hmm. Who we got in the, uh, let's see. Jesse oh, I'm Green. seeing. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah, that, yeah, go ahead. That was in the chat. I was going to read it. Go ahead. Um, Michael. Oh, Michael Davin. Uh, says that Jesse agrees. Uh, Dark Order needs momentum beyond the loss of yeah, beyond the loss of Brody Lee. Um, so th- this is uh, Jesse's husband, by the way, in the chat. So uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I it's a either way. Like no matter who wins this match, it's a win-win. Like because the Young Bucks win, we get them and the Good Brothers, and that'll wind up being really good. Any of these other teams win versus the Young Bucks, it's gonna be really good. So. Good stuff. Happy. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one too, man. This uh, Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker. This, in my opinion, is probably the best female matchup they've put together since AEW started. When you consider... And the title's not even on the line. But when you consider like how good Thunder Rosa is and how over Britt Baker is... And the fact they don't even need the championship belt and people are so interested in this matchup. Um, what do you think about this matchup, Joel? And who do you think wins this one? So I love the fact that you said that this is the best, one of the best built, or if not the best built women's match in AEW so far, because I have the exact same note. <laughs> and it's absolutely true. And this is, again, it's it's a, it's a testament and a curse to the AEW women's division because your women's champion should be the best built story on the brand right now. And currently Sheeta is in the bath singing songs on Instagram and it's great. It's a human aspect. I like it, but this match in particular is going to be great. This could elevate the women's division that has been needed in AEW for the last little bit. Uh, Again, the two women, they're going to show out. It's going to be a great, great show uh, for both of these women. And hopefully it brings more attention to a women's division that is more dark appearances and repetitive 9.30 p.m. Eastern segments than it has been anything else. So I just want this match to be at a different point in the night, have a different... I I don't want them to talk about heels. I don't want them to talk about dark results. I don't want the announcers to pay half attention. No, I want them to put the story into perspective for people so that they actually understand that this feud has been building for a matter of months and that there's an actual match in the ring that is worthy of your time as a viewer. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Who do you think actually wins the match? I have no idea. It's a double count-out. No, I, I actually don't know. Uh, let's, uh, I think Thunder Rosa will actually take that victory. Britt Baker's on a roll, but because of the way they've been treating Thunder Rosa uh, in this whole 
this feud, I think this is her time for comeuppance. Yeah, this is a this is a tough, this is a really tough one to call. Um, I'm gonna go Britt Baker, but that's literally just a hunch. Like it could, it, it, I could literally flip a coin right now, and that's, you know, I'm cool either way. Like I think Britt Baker has been doing incredible incredible work and that's and most of like the incredible stuff she's done hasn't even doesn't even have to do with her in-ring work she's just really good at like developing her character getting people interested in caring um and she is good in the ring but it's like that she's the she's the i'd say she's probably the most total package of any of the women currently on the AEW roster um thunder rosa i think is the best in ring of any of them personally um but and, but I'm also still a little confused because she's still with the NWA technically. So like, I don't know how, but, but who knows what's going on with the NWA to, like, at all at this point too. Like they're not running shows. And, and so, so it's like, I guess my only reservation is like, do they go all the way with Thunder Rosa? Because she has the talent to be like the AW women's champion for sure. But like, how long is she tied to being in the NWA? And how does that all work? You know, I think that those are kind of the questions that I'm unsure about with her. Um, but the talent is there for sure, 100%. Um, yeah, and you're building Dr. Britt Baker as one of the cornerstones of your AEW women's division. That's And that's great. I think it's well-warranted, and she's shown nothing but, uh, you know, she's, she's gotten nothing but better ever since she started in AEW. And Thunder Rosa has also, you know, come in like a house of fire and really lit the AW women's division. But as an outsider, I think you're right. And there's talk about her doing another fight for combates. And that's great. But like you were just saying, who is going to be that cornerstone in the AW women's division? So you might change my mind. But I think there's more to this story than just this one match for these two. Sure. And I could definitely see the, them running this back in the near future with the title on the line. Like I could see, I could see Britt Baker you know, going on and, and beating Sheeta at some point or something. And then Thunder Rosa gets it or vice versa. Thunder Rosa is the one she's had a couple shots against Sheeta already, but um, yeah, this, this is going to be really, really damn good. I think uh, Michael Davin says that Jesse says the role model all the way. So Jesse's got a, uh, Jesse got Britt Baker. That's the role model, right? Britt Baker. Yep. Um, the dentist, the role model, uh, Zed, to see you aka WrestleOps on twitter says hey everyone and jess hope all is well sorry going well so far so uh yeah jesse's here in the chat and uh and yeah we hope everything's going well well too for sure and main event of this show this is gonna be awesome so we've got kenny omega gallows and anderson with don callis taking on john moxley pock pack and Ray Phoenix. Uh, tons of talent in this one, man. Uh, I love, love, love the crossover stuff they're doing with Kenny Omega and Impact Wrestling and, and Gallows and Anderson. And the story with Don Callis, I think, is genius. It adds a whole other layer to, to the Bullet Club and their whole, uh, their whole allegiance and everything. Um, you know, I think it's great that Phoenix is in here because Pentagon... I don't know if he's hurt for real, but I believe that's like the, at least the story right now is that he's injured. Um, Pac and Phoenix in there with Moxley. I mean, there's just so much talent in this match. Who do you think wins this, uh, this main event? You think Omega and the Good Brothers get the victory here? Or do you think Moxley and Death Triangle kind of fight them off tonight? I have a 
good feeling that Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac win this one. Um, on a on one side, you've got the Good Brothers. You've got basically champions on one side, and that's great. But on the other hand, you've got Moxley who's hungry, you've got Phoenix who's hungry, and you've got Pac who's pissed off. And when you get those three in a ring together to work against the guys who are on top and maybe a little bit lazier because of it, I think that's going to be a recipe for 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 dominance. Obviously, the match is going to be great. I'm just I'm speaking obviously in in, in story in kayfabe, if you will. But uh, I, I think I, I said it last night on the uh, the Impact stream on Twitch that Good Brothers haven't really been doing it for me. At least on BTE, you know, the doing dick jokes and and fart jokes is it has its moments, but you have to be in a mood for it. And it just isn't really, it's not popping me. Like it's a lot of rehashing Talking Chava Mania without using the IP from Talking Chava Mania. And while Kenny Omega speaks to a lot of people and everyone, a lot of people really love what he does in the ring, myself included, I'm still waiting for that, that connection, that persona that connects with me as the viewer, because I don't get it with him. I, I don't get who he is other than his cadence and Don Callis and the way he's dressing. I, I'm not connecting with whatever the the character is of Kenny Omega. And again, that's just me. Sure. But uh, for the end of it, I'm I'm feeling like it's going to be Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac coming out as winners. It's funny because, like, me and you are on, like, the... It's like the flip... It's like the opposite with me with Kenny because for the longest... I've always loved... I'm actually wearing one of his shirts right now that came in a pro wrestling tees crate. Just realized I was wearing that. Nice. Um, so with Kenny, I think that... Uh, I've always, I've always respected his, his in-ring work. I mean, his in-ring work is, I mean, who's going to, I mean, seven-star matches. And so, I mean, just unreal what he can do in the ring. And that was always my thing with him all those years was, like, that I've, I was waiting for that connection. Like, I, I can't, it was hard for me to get connected to him beyond just this guy who had incredible matches. And I know he loves video games and stuff like that, but a lot of people do. Like, I need a little bit more than that. Um, and... But since he's won the title, that has clicked with me. And I have turned the corner on that because I really like the the character of now Kenny's like wearing all this expensive clothes. He's taken basically, he's taken Don Callis' side over everyone else's side. Um, the interviews they've done, like the, the impact bus and that kind of stuff. And, and I like, I really think for me, this has turned the corner for me with Kenny Omega is like the things he's doing right now um, as a character but in the ring, that's always been there. Um, as far as this match, it's hard because I feel like I feel like Kenny should like really not be losing. Like similar to Ro- <laughs> similar to Roman Reigns on WWE, I just want to see these guys just winning, 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 winning. I want some outliers. I want some guys that that do stand above the rest of the the pack because that's how you get other people to the top. You got to have some people there already to bring the other people up with them. And but that said. Moxley is one of those people and he is going to need some some big wins here after losing that title and I could see maybe Moxley getting the pin on like Carl Anderson or something because that doesn't really hurt Omega at all um I could see Pac even uh you know Pac might be the one to to get the pinfall on somebody maybe he gets a pin on Kenny or something because I could see them running back Pac and Omega for the belt because they have the history um, you know, since the beginning of AEW, they've, they've wrestled each other a few times and, and that's already a built in ready to go story and the match will be awesome. Um, so I think there's a lot of reasons for Moxley and the death triangle to win this match. So 
I am going to go with them as well. My gut is telling me Omega and the Good Brothers because Omega seems so untouchable right now to me. But you, these other guys, Pac, Phoenix, and Moxley, like for them to get a win over the uh, the Bullet Club, basically, that really helps propel them and these other stories going forward. Uh, because it's believable at that point, too. Like, if Pac goes out there and he pins Kenny Omega tonight in the middle of the ring, it's like, oh, shit, okay. Like, I could totally buy another rematch between Pac and Kenny. Like, because we've seen Pac beat, and we we saw uh, Pac uh, submit him, like, out cold the first time they wrestled. Put him in that Rings of Saturn. Right. And, I mean, so, and that's something they need to do with AEW. That's one thing they need to be kind of careful about, and I think they're going to do a good job with, is... You need Kenny to be above everyone else, but you also have to make it believable that there are there are people that can beat him. Um, and I think Pac is one of those people that you can make believable. And same with Moxley, of course. So, but who, what are people thinking in the chat? Throwback27, what's up, bro? Back in the chat. Thank you for joining. Hello. Uh, Jesse can't wait uh, for this. She's going... Wait, Jesse can't wait for this. It's going to go... It's gonna be good. It's gonna go. It's gonna go. It's okay. gonna go. Okay. I agree. And yeah, I mean, come on. Like Pac, Pac coming like in and out of AEW has been a little bit jarring for me. But obviously, like pandemic can't can't do much about that. Like, there's still something for him. And I think you're right when you say like running back him and Kenny would be excellent. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, and for Mox, like talking about connectivity and promos, Mox continues to do that for me. That's where, like, I'll connect with that promo more than I do with Kenny right now. Bell Collector's fine. It just, I'm I'm just looking for something else. And then I hear what you're saying sure. with uh, with the way that, that he connects with you and the way that he brought you in. Um, but me, it, that's wrestling. Like, it's, it's, it's all subjective. For some people, it's going to be amazing when someone says one thing and it's not going to hit with someone else. So I get it. But it's going to be a great match. I do not disagree with that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, you're you're missing the real main event, by the way. What am I missing? Was like Tony Khan coming out and getting drunk tonight? What's that's the? <laughs> there will be drinks. Oh, the God, wedding. wedding! The wedding! I completely forgot about the wedding. Okay, so I've definitely got. They're the also going to do. Sting and Darby will also be doing a, a thing. Apparently, they'll have, they'll be there live. So so uh, we'll see Team Tess. So I'll I'd also say this: there's a lot of people that I think. And you might be one of them. This isn't right or wrong. It's just my opinion. Like, I love the Sting and Darby Allen stuff. Like, I basically because before Sting was ever signed, and people can go back and watch. I mean, it's I on video saying it plenty of times. I was like, if Sting ever came to AEW, they need to have him mentor Darby Allen. Like, just because it's just like, like I would love to see it, but there's no way anyone would actually do that. And like, they're they're actually doing it. I'm like okay, I'm not going to complain about this. Like, they're doing exactly what I was calling for. Like, this is awesome. Um, can it be a little corny here and there? Sure. Like, but I I really like it. I don't know how you feel about it. Do you like the pairing of Darby and Sting, or are you, uh, you not into it? No, I mean, I'm into it. I, I've said this a million times, and I still stand by it. The best thing that AEW does is that when they bring in old wrestlers, they they pair them with younger ones to make them look stronger. They don't put them in tag teams and make them wrestle together. They don't put over the old guys. No, the old guys are made to make the younger guys look better. And that's something that WWE consistently messes up on and needs to work on. But you see it in AW, and I appreciate that. Uh, as to what Darby and Sting bring to each other, 
I'm still trying to figure that out because Sting hasn't really said anything other than I see some of myself in Darby. And I'm sitting there saying like, Darby's never spent months in the rafters. Darby's never wrestled Hulk Hogan. Darby's never, you know, right. I, I'm waiting for that connection other than he paints his face and does some stuff. Sting never dove off the top rope in, in ridiculous fashions. I'm just, I want the connection. And it's not going to be like, I'm his son. Right. Because I'm going to say <laughs> that, that's that. the one where like, if this was raw, like that would be the story. Is that Darby Allen is Sting's son? Like, you know, like I, they yes. need to veer as far away from that idea as possible. Cause that's just so it, like Darby Allen being Sting's son is as ridiculous as Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> and I, was, I said on my show that in the Attitude Era, it would have been that Sting was Darby's uh, sponsor for like AA or NA or something ridiculous like that. And so I'm glad that they haven't gone that route. I think they know not to go that route, but there is a story to be told and they're telling it slowly. I, I'm excited to see what it is. They haven't like turned me off completely yet. They've had a few moments like the hoodlums last week that kind of eh, turned me off. But uh, it's going in the right direction where I'm still interested in seeing what Sting and Darby can do as a team. Was the hoodlums thing like when they were in the bat, like they were in that, they were like breaking the glass with like the bat and the the skateboard the stuff. Skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were having troubles breaking the glass. Yeah. Yeah. That- Good times. Um, <laughs> and that throwback says it could be a respect thing with Sting and Darby. I think that's kind of what they're going with is like that Sting. It's like you said though, Joel. Like you make good points. Like Sting sees himself in Darby, but like what outside of the face paint? Like what is that? Because hypothetically, you know, theoretically speaking, uh, Sting should then, for the same reason, go mentor Thunder Rosa because she does the same face paint Darby Allen does. You know, like. You know, just throwing out that, just throwing that out there. You're right. Just because you paint your face doesn't mean you are kindred spirits. So I, listen, I, I like that this is going to be a good tag team match. It's more, most likely going to be a cinematic one because Sting is what 62 and not exactly a hundred percent, and that's fine. There's a lot of really cool opportunities to build on that. So, well, we'll see what uh, what the match is at revolution and we'll also see what they bring tonight to the table yeah and and just for the record i know a lot of people disagree with me but like if sting feels like he can wrestle i know i know that the revolution match i'm sure that'll be like cinematic and like shot differently and they'll they'll like you know they'll hide certain things and sting won't be in any real danger probably in that match but if he feels like he can go in the ring and he can get cleared by like legitimate doctors I do not have a problem with him coming back for a couple more actual real wrestling matches. The reason being, if if Dan- I know that there's definitely there's age differences, but like if Daniel Bryan could come back after like we thought there was no way he possibly could, and it's been proven that he is totally fine now. If guys like Edge can come back after nine years and he's you know forty something years old at this point, and it's like you know why not Sting? Like I, like for for a guy who we waited all these years for him to, to show up in the WWE. And then in my opinion, they just dropped the ball so hard on how they used him and the way that he had to retire, like, and granted that's part of like why people are, you know, concerned about him wrestling is like his last match with Seth Rollins and what happened there and how he looked like he almost like got paralyzed in the ring. Like, uh, you know, it, it looked really scary, but it's also been what, like five, six years since then. And if he's been doing the same kind of things that guys like Edge and Daniel Bryan and those kind of guys have done, and he 
if they can prove he's healthy and he wants to go in there and do it a couple more times, like, I don't want to st- see Sting have to wrap up his career on, like, that sour note of, like, that match with Seth Rollins. I'd like to see him go out with, with one more, you know, good showing in the ring if he can do it. You know, why not? Yeah, exactly. And we saw Christian come back at the Royal Rumble. That was unexpected. That Everyone was like, there's no way. Like, it's been a huge story about how he can't compete in the ring, how he's on the no contact list, blah, blah, blah. For him to come back and him to be active, like, there are there are modern medical discoveries being made and different ways to rehab certain injuries that can bring you back to, you know, to performance shape. It's And again, if it's going to be pre-recorded, you use all the camera tricks you want. Just make it a good match. Make the story make sense, and we'll have fun with it. That's all we ask for as wrestling fans, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, and that's that's part of it, too, for me, is, you know, Sting, it being, like, reported and stuff that Sting was telling that to the WWE before he left. He was like, yo, like, y'all are doing these cinematic matches now and stuff. Like, let me and The Undertaker have, like, we can finally do it. And, like, neither of us, there'd be no risk at all. We can just smoke and mirrors the whole thing and we can finally give the fans sting versus undertaker and it'd be a good way for sting to just like walk away from it and pretty much the undertaker too they can both pretty much be like content and just be done after that and wwe didn't want to do it so it's like okay well they're willing to so you know like i don't know why the wwe wouldn't do that for him it doesn't make any sense to me but you know what let let TK spend the money to bring in Sting and make more money. Let that happen. That's fine. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, and then uh, the wedding. Let's talk about that real quick before we get out of here. So I'll give my honest opinion real quick. I hate the Miro and Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian uh, stable pairing, whatever it is. I... Um, I might be in the minority here. There's people who definitely disagree. Rusev, Miro, he definitely has his fans. But for me, similar to what you're saying with Kenny Omega, Rusev has never clicked for me. Like, even in WWE, even during the Rusev Day stuff, when that was all going on, I was like the one over in the corner going like, Aiden English is the one getting this over, not him. Like, why is nobody talking about how good Aiden English is about, like, the way he is making Rusev look incredible? Because then when he didn't have Aiden anymore is when I started seeing kind of like the decline again. And I'm not saying it was all on Aiden, but it was like, he, I feel like he didn't get any credit for any of that stuff. And then when Rusev came to AEW, it was this big like, okay, well now the chains are off. Like WWE can't hold him down anymore. We're going to get the real Miro. And then he's like this weird like guy who plays arcade games instead of paying attention to matches. And he's like second... I'll, I'll put it this way. I think Penelope Ford is the most valuable of those three by far, like long-term for AEW. I think Penelope Ford is going to be like a massive star for them. I I don't, I just don't, and I, I don't like the Chuck Taylor Butler thing. Like I just, this whole story has been a giant miss and I love Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Like those are two of my favorite wrestlers. And even I'm like not in the storyline at all. So what do you think, Joel? Do you like the story? And do you think we get just like a, we get this a nice, nice, you know, traditional wedding tonight? Or do you think there's a, maybe a little bit of chaos uh, during the reception? Well, there was a time when we would say, when there's a cake in a wrestling ring, someone's got to go through it. Yeah. But then FTR had a celebration of tag teams and they ate the cake and no one went through the damn cake. <laughs> and then they stopped doing that. So sure. 
I don't know what to expect out of this wedding. Um, there's there's a really fun kind of callback that someone mentioned on Twitter, and that's to uh, the Brooke Hogan and Bully Ray mm-hmm. wedding. Okay. You remember yeah, that? Sure. And then Taz jumps in the ring and he takes off his jacket Ace's and he's wearing an Aces and Eights. <laughs> I would love to see Miro as the best man take off his jacket and he's got Team Taz on the back of it. And Miro joins Team Taz. Now, would it be overkill considering the size of all these men? Absolutely. But would it would it get me to pop and want to see more Miro? Yes, because Miro on his own talking. Listen, I'm gonna. This won't come as a surprise to people who know me, but from the couple that left WWE, AEW picked the wrong one. Ooh. And I'm a Lana fan, so I'm just putting that out there. So. Uh, what I want from Miro, I want more. I want everyone to succeed when they're good at their jobs. And I want Miro to get better at his job and not just be the arcade gamer like we were just talking about. So what that means for tonight's wedding, I don't think he's going to turn. I really don't. I think Chuck or Charles is going to get involved uh, and Orange Cassidy and they're going to get married and it's going to be finished. But I don't think that Miro's going to turn on anyone just yet. Dude, I love. I didn't even think about the possibility of him joining Team Taz, though. I think that's an awesome idea. Like that would. That's the kind of thing that would that <clears throat> that could change my perception of Miro. Because, yeah. I mean, imagine him if you had, uh, you know, Brian Cage as like kind of the singles guy, kind of in like the world title mix, and then you have Starks as more of like the TNT title level guy. And if you teamed Miro and Hobbs together, that would be that could be really good. Yes, and powerful. Yeah, I mean, I that's a great idea, Joel. I think that I think they should do that. Like, I would. That would be that would be a damn good. Because the other thing too is like Kip Sabian. Once again, I don't know how much of this is like his fault, but like on being the elite and stuff, he just comes off as like a total jabroni to me. Like. You know, I like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know, like his big story is that, uh, Leva Bates beat him in a video game and like, let him win. And he's like all butthurt and like going crazy over it. Like, I just, I just can't, you know, I just can't get behind it, you know? Yeah. And like, again, the irony of me being a guy who, you know, helps out and works with a, a website that does Twitch content and plays video games, the fact that the ones who are playing video games on screen are not doing it for me is like the, the reality shouldn't be what you're into. The reality should be the stories you're telling. And we're not getting that with, with Kip and Penelope and Miro. And to me, you're not getting it with Kenny going back to the whole, he plays video games storyline that, that Kenny is known for. Uh, give, give me, give me a reason to want to see your drama play out and playing video games. Isn't it? That's very well said. I couldn't agree more with that. Once in a while. Well, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I love video games as much as the next guy, but, like, that's not really, like, that's not really, like, a story. (laughs) Like, that you like video games. You know, it's, you know, because the same kind of thing, I guess, could really be said about any hobby. Like, if, if Britt Baker was into, well, actually, she's a little bit different because she's a dentist and it kind of does bleed over into her character and stuff. But you, you could pick anybody. If John Moxley was into, like, basket weaving like i'm like you know what i mean like why you know what i'm saying like why would that ever be why would anyone ever want to use that as a wrestling (laughs) storyline you know what i mean (laughs) i like my coffee hot 
I like my beer cold. I like my baskets woven. Yes. <laughs> Nothing else. Yes. Underwater basket weaving the, for the for the hardcores. Um, That's right. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, this is probably a good time to to wrap this up. Um, I'll talk about the sponsors here in just a second, but. Joel, uh, thanks for joining and let everybody know where they can find you. And just for anyone who's still here in the chat, um, this is the point of the show where if you do have any super chats or donations, we will make sure to get to them right after uh, we talk about the sponsors and stuff before we get out of here. So feel free to still send those. Any questions you have, comments, anything at all that you want to say, those are still definitely wide open for y'all. But that said, Joel, yeah, let people know where to find you and all that good stuff. First of all, thanks for having me today. And again, uh, it's really the weirdest B and E I've ever been a part of. Breaking into to Jesse's YouTube channel to do a show with you, Stephen, and Jesse is in the chat, which is great. So she gets to witness her own B and E. Yeah, you can find me everywhere. It's it's in the handle here at Joel Pearl J O E L P E A R L. I talk about wrestling. I talk about sports once in a while, and uh, I talk about life stuff. So. Go ahead, follow me. I'm fun. And then every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash Tim and Joel pod, you can find myself and my co-host Tim talking about wrestling on Tim and Joel Call It in the Ring. We do, uh, we, we literally talk about the whole week, do kind of a news magazine style show and wrap around your week and get you ready for the next one. And for anybody who's watching uh, live right now, this is, or anyone who's watching, you know, after the fact, uh, this is Joel's uh, Twitter page right here. So make sure to give him a follow at Joel Pearl right here. Uh, Wandering Jew. I like that. I like that a lot. That's me. <laughs> Comes from years of touring with bands. There you go. And being Jewish. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the second one. <laughs> I people can figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> it actually be way funnier if you weren't Jewish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it'd be a lot more offensive <laughs> to some people. <laughs> Wander, wandering Jew. And someone's like, oh, Shalom. And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, wait, what? What the <laughs> fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will beat you up right here, right? You stand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Amazing. Throwback in the chat saying, yeah, Sting can do uh, anything modern medicine and hoping they find a way to stop epilepsy. Dude, the modern medicine thing is really, really, really cool. Like, I know there's a lot of varying opinions on, you know, like what's... I don't want to get into, like, the whole what morally people should and shouldn't do and stuff. I'm very pro, like, if there's something out there that helps you, I'm never going to, like, like, uh, judge you because of that. Like, if, if there's some, like, if you have some sort of, like, neurological issue and smoking weed helps that, like, I mean, I like to smoke weed anyway, so that's a bad example, but, like, <laughs> but, the you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, stem cells. Like, I think that there's been proof that stem cells can do some really incredible stuff like really really incredible but at the same time you have to be careful about like how you deal with that stuff because then you get into the whole like superhuman argument and and all that kind of stuff but i'm very much of the opinion like i think the athletes should be taking hgh like if it helps you heal faster i don't know why you wouldn't take it like medicine's just getting better like people get so butthurt over you know people who take steroids and, and cheat in sports quote unquote but it's like yeah but you could also go to gnc and get stuff that's really similar over the counter at this point too like the medicine is just getting so good um that i'm like i'm saying like with throwback you know just because just because a wrestler back in like the 90s had a certain kind of injury and was never able to come back 
now the medicine's there where that injury might be totally like back before back in the day dude like if you were an nfl player and you tore your acl your career was over now it's like you you spend five you spend like nine months rehabbing and you're back out on the field like i mean it's just progressions in uh in medicine so yeah i agree with you it's it all comes down to what what's available in medicinal options for you at this point and and some people are going to take to it differently in their bodies as well i think that's the other thing that we need to keep in mind for sure is that not every not every cure or um not cure but but not not every course of treatment is going to be the one that works for sure because like as much as i just said you know i think that hgh is a really good thing for athletes that's but to your point though there is like if you have a history of cancer for instance like and you have a tumor that you don't know about hgh can can increase the growth of that just like it increases the growth of everything else when you take it so like it is definitely a per person type of thing i totally agree with you there um but it is one of those things man just kind of like with people in the chat are saying throw i mean and we're, we're both agreeing you know it's just like I think it all kind of goes back to the Sting thing we were talking about before. Like, because there's a lot of people that do not like the idea of Sting wrestling again. But I'm like, for all I know, he's completely healthy. Like, he might have done stuff that he is completely healthy. Like, I can't judge anybody based on any of that stuff. So, um, Yeah, and it's not on us. It, it's completely on their decision to, to get back in the ring or not. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Throwback says his meds and CBDs, weed, etc. makes you a little it makes him a little loco in the cabeza um yeah i mean i get that too like it's not for everybody like i'm not like advocating people smoke weed i'm just saying it works for me but like you know i know plenty of people that tried it and they hated it it's they never did it again that's totally fine with me totally fine i think cbd is a pretty Mm -hmm. damn good thing because like it's you know i don't know those are all just my personal opinions i've used cbd creams and stuff that seem to work way better than like anything else i've ever used i mean it's pretty wild and this is stuff no one even was talking about like 10 years ago so um that all being said let's talk about our sponsors a little bit we got music city toys and collectibles they are the place to be for all wrestling memorabilia if you like dvds autographed eight by tens if you like action figures uh, old magazines whatever it is music city toys and collectibles has got your hook up they are nice people they will give you fair business they are out of the Nashville, Tennessee area, and they're opening a brick-and-mortar store. I think it's going up in May, so doing great stuff. Opening more business you know, during the pandemic, which is super, uh, uh, super respectable that they were able to do that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, if you go on their Facebook page, you can see what they're all about. Uh, they do claim sales pretty often. May 1st, that's their, uh, their, when their location goes up in Nashville. But they have the online store and everything. Like, you can hit them up. You can buy stuff right off their Facebook page, off their Twitter all that stuff. So just search them, Music City Toys and Collectibles. <clears throat> and I can't stress it enough. Sometimes, like myself being a big, you know, collector, my, you know, over here, if sometimes it, it sucks to have to deal with people. Like you're looking for a certain price, and, you know, sometimes you go on eBay and stuff, there's no real personal connection. You know, I'm not knocking eBay, I use it all the time, but like, to know that I can go to someone like Music City, Toys, Music City Toys and Collectibles and deal with people like Chad and the people over there, it's just so easy to do. And I never feel like a jerk for asking a certain price. I might not always get the price, but I don't feel like a jerk and they're never going to treat me like a jerk for, for trying to get a deal. Or, or And they definitely take care of their their um, their regulars. Like if you're buying from them, from them often, you'll start noticing like 
you're getting you know all these deals and stuff you weren't getting before so check them out i really really love doing business with them also wrestlerumble.com best place for fantasy pick'em contests for professional wrestling uh the royal rumble pick'em contest is of course over the winner got one thousand dollars cash second place got an nwa nwo replica title belt and third place got a wwf winged eagle white strap championship belt and they also gave away three other title belts for their um for their raffle so a lot of cash a lot of prizes on the line and I'll be honest, I mean, WrestleRumble.com is a big reason why I even keep up with, like, WWE as often as I do. Because when I'm making my picks for the pay-per-view, I want to have some sort of idea of what I'm, what I'm, you know, trying to, you know, I'm trying to win these prizes. So I want to know what's going on. Um, and WrestleRumble.com keeps it really interesting. Even if there's a show coming up that, like, I'm not that into, I've got something invested through WrestleRumble.com. There's some huge prizes over there, so check that out once again. WrestleRumble.com and follow them on social media at WrestleRumble. And last but never least, my brother Brian Jensen. He is a co-owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics, which is a gym out of Atlanta, Georgia. And he works with people of all ages. Doesn't matter what your sex, gender, background, anything is. He can help you reach your goals. Uh, whether you're looking to throw hands, get in better shape, lose weight. Uh, you just want to know some self-defense. If you want to be a pro boxer, an amateur boxer, kickboxer, whatever it is, he corners fighters. He works with uh, Parkinson's foundations where, you know, a lot of his quote-unquote clients are, you know, they're seniors and, you know, they're losing some of their neurological ability and, and stuff and their muscle movement. And he is 100% certified and trained to help you with that stuff as well. I mean, so from everything from wanting to be a pro athlete to just getting some of your dexterity back at an older age, I mean... Whatever it is, he can help you. Just hit him up on Instagram. That's the best way to get in touch with him at Boxing ATL, B O X I N G ATL. He can meet you in person anywhere in Atlanta or anywhere nearby. Or if you're anywhere else in the world, he can do a Zoom call, Skype meeting, all that kind of stuff, and he'll help you out from anywhere. So uh, support Brian Jensen at Boxing ATL, B O X I N G ATL on Instagram. And support all the sponsors because they support us. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I'm not going to plug all this stuff that I'm uh, working on right now. I'll just try to keep it updated on Twitter. Um, so follow me over there and make sure if you're listening to this, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, whatever, make sure to hit the subscribe button or the follow button, whatever you've got. Uh, Five-star ratings, reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, helps out the podcast a lot. If you leave a like right here on the video, it helps out a lot. Leaving comments, all that kind of stuff. Any kind of interaction is very helpful. And show Jesse some love. We're over here on her channel, and you know it'll help. It'll help everybody out uh, that we're getting those likes and subscriptions and all that stuff. Um, throwbacks always throwing out my Twitch channel. It's been a while since I've been live on my channel, but you can subscribe to that too if you want. It's Fight Talk underscore. It's uh, the same thing. You can follow or subscribe. The follow is free. The subscription's like five bucks. Or if you have the Amazon Prime, uh, Twitch, uh, Twitch Prime set up, it's free for you. Um, but also support Fightful Gaming. We've been doing. Uh, they, I should say, they've been doing a lot of really great stuff. Joel and everyone over there, and I've been a part of it a few times. Uh, looking to be more involved over there too, uh, going forward. So definitely give a subscription over there to uh, to Fightful Gaming too on Twitch. And I'll get more involved on Twitch on my own too when more of these wrestling games comes out. That's been the big holdup for me is like basically waiting on Retromania Wrestling to come out. So, um, so yeah. I'm excited for that game. Me too. 
I'm really excited for that. And I'm really excited for the AEW game, too. It's I don't know how it's yes. going to turn out, but I have faith that it's going to be good. So, anyway, that's all I've got. Joel, you got anything, uh, anything left before we get out of here? That's all I got, man. This was an awesome, awesome show. I was really, really proud and really happy to uh, sit in and talk with you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll do it again. I'm sure. We'll uh, we'll always chop it up on Twitter. So let's do that. Yes, 100. percent 